0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, 2021 is off to a great start. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the ridiculousness that went on today. Because, hey, it's a new year. It's me, your host, Nick. Thank you guys for joining in and listening in. And welcome to a new year at Nick's Nerd News. We are we are chugging along, folks. I ain't going anywhere. I will tell you that right now. I don't care if Mad Max was set in 2021. I ain't going nowhere, folks. We're good, bruh. Bruh. Anyway, if you guys have been listening forever and ever, thank you guys and welcome back and, and joining us for another year. If you're new to the show, welcome to Nick's Nerd News. It is a great starting on point to hop in on, on, on the first of the year. I don't have catchphrases. I, I don't have, have a, a fan base that says things to me. You guys are good. You can come in fresh and not have listened to me before, right? I, I don't. You don't need to listen to my past. To understand the future. Not here, at least. You know, like, subscribe, poke, share. Make fun of, f- send a letter, send a pigeon. <laughs> of the show, follow us on social media. All that jibber jab jazz. There we go, I just made that up. Let's make that my new catchphrase. Jibber jab jazz, huh? But today, today is January 6th, 2021. 2021. We made it to 2021, folks. That's all that matters, right? That is all that matters. Why don't we get into the thick of it? And before we really, really talk about the news in gaming today, I want to talk about a day in gaming history. 20 years ago today at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, one Bill Gates and one Dwayne The Rock Johnson announced... The Xbox console. That is right. 20 years ago today, Microsoft unveiled the Microsoft Xbox on stage at CES and changed the gaming landscape forever. And we're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later in the show today, but I just wanted to open up with a bit of gaming history there. But let's, with that, let's get into what's going on in the gaming world today. And. Surprise, surprise, not really. A class action lawsuit has been levied against CD Projekt SA, who are the parent company of CD Projekt Red. And this is based... Uh, New York-based law firm Rosen Law has filed this class action lawsuit due to the... Uh, apparently they violated federal security lo- securities laws. I don't see how that's even possible. But quote, recover damages for CD Projekt investors under the federal securities laws, unquote. Oh, it's for the investors, not gamers. Uh, it also claims that, quote, made false and or misleading statements. Cyberpunk 2077 was virtually unplayable on the current generation Xbox or PlayStation systems due to the enormous amount of bugs, unquote. And also says, quote, CD Projekt Red would suffer reputational and proc- procure- Pecuniary harm? I don't know. Statements about its business operations and prospects were materially false and misleading and or lacked a reasonable basis at all relevant times. When the true details entered the market, the lawsuit claims that investors suffered damages, unquote. And other people in Warsaw, Poland, where they're headquartered, are circling the situation. Uh, Nothing has been filed in Poland as of yet. But a New York lawyer is is following through. I, I, I don't know. Um, CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk, though, are going to, quote, undertake vigorous action to defend themselves, unquote. And uh, management board has said that a lot of things to fight it. And they said, quote, complaint does not specify the quality quantity of damages sought, unquote quote, undertake vigorous action to defend itself against any such claims, unquote. Uh, They also said that, quote, whether the actions undertaken by the company and members of its management board in connection with the release of Cyberpunk 2077 constituted a violation of federal laws, i.e. by misleading investors and consequently causing them to incur damages, unquote. It's the the court will ultimately decide that. Sorry, I, I left that out. And... I I think it's a little messy that we're going down this road now. Um, Unfortunately, though, somehow Cyberpunk has lost around 79% of users since launch. So people are abandoning the game, it seems like. Or they're beating it. One of the two. But that's quite a big, big, big drop-off for the game. Granted, it's a single-player game. I mean, it's not going to have the longevity like some some multiplayer games will have. So it's understandable that... It's it's not going to have a, a massive player base for a long time, considering you know a lot of people don't have next gen yet, so a lot of people aren't going to be fucking playing on base Xbox One and base PS4 because they're not going to play a fucking broken game on those consoles, because it's not broken on next gen or or the the PS4 Pro or One X. So you know it, it it's a shitty situation, but completely understandable. It's it's just it's just unfortunate, but. That's what happens. Uh, Steam. Moving on. Steam has announced its top-selling and most-played games of 2020 uh, in alphabetical order for top sellers. Among Us. No surprise there. Counter Strike Global Offensive. I'm guessing that's like 20 years straight. Cyberpunk 2077. Destiny 2. Doom Eternal. Dota 2. Fall Guys. Grand Theft Auto Five, wow, that's that's chugging along. Monster Hunter World, uh, PUBG, that that's good to see that PUBG still got good legs on it because a lot of people said PUBG was dead, and it's clearly not. Red Dead Redemption Two, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, and then the best-selling new releases. So that that's a uh, total amount of revenue uh best selling new releases Baldur's Gate 3 Borderlands 3 Command and Conquer Remastered Crusader Kings 3 Cyberpunk Death Stranding Doom Eternal Dragon Ball Z Kakarot Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout FIFA 21 Football Manager 2021 Grounded Half-Life Alex ooh nice to see Grounded there Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Mafia Definitive Marvel's Avengers Microsoft Flight Simulator Mountain Blade 2 Banner Lord, Persona 4 Golden Resident Evil 3, Sea of Thieves, Star Wars Squadrons, Temtem, The Outer Worlds, and Wolken Lords of Mayhem. Now we can go over to the most played uh, games. And that means they reached 200,000 at their peak or more. And Among Us is number one, which we reported a couple weeks ago. They were hitting almost half a million. Or half a billion. Excuse me. Or was it half a million? I don't remember. It was a lot. And... They uh Counter Strike Global Offensive Number 2, Cyberpunk number 3, Destiny 2, 4, Dota 2, GTA 5, Life is Strange 2, that's surprising. Monster Hunter World, Mountain Blade 2, Banner Lord, Player uh, PUBG, and Terraria. Um, early Access Grads, so games that left early access, Deep Rock, Galactic, DJ Max, Respect 5, Factorio. Golf With Your Friends, Hades, Noida, Risk of Rain 2, Skater XL, Torchlight 3, and Wolken. They also have Best of VR, uh, Top Controller Games. You can see all these on on Steam. But but I just wanted to do Top Selling, Top Performing, and and Top Played. Because it's indicative of, of where the industry is going and what games are popular. That is for sure. But, moving on. So... How about this? Kanye West approached Nintendo, uh, Nintendo of America specifically, about working together on a game. Reggie Fizami, who was the president of Nintendo of America at the time, said that they had to politely decline, quote, an offer from Kanye. Uh, This was per Nintendo Everything. I guess he was uh, uh, on his podcast And they had a a quote, and he said, uh, many years ago at E3, he met Kanye, visited the booth, they spent some time with Shigeru Miyamoto. And Reggie says, quote, part of it was talking about what he was up to, he was experimenting with a piece of video game content, he wanted reactions to it. He comes out and says, I want to work with Nintendo. We had so many different projects at Nintendo going on, the possibility of doing something with Kanye just wasn't there. And so I had to find a way to politely decline this opportunity to work with him. I told him, Kanye, you don't want to work with us because we're tough. We're hard. All we do is push for the very best content. We would not be the type of partner you would want to work with. And he looks at me and says, Reggie, you're exactly the type of partner I want because of that reason. It's like, oh my gosh. Uh, He went on to say that it was interesting. Kim was also there. Uh, And then he also said, Kanye has such a passion for the video game space, and he's a creator. But that's the end of the quote. But ultimately, as, as we all know, there has not been anything that came out with Kanye related to video games. And he said he was working on a game back in 2015. Nothing has ever happened. And that's an interesting thing. But anyway, you know... A Kanye video game? Really? Really? Are we really going to do a Kanye video game? I'm like happy it didn't happen. Let me just say that. That's all I'm going to say. It probably wouldn't have been good. And that's my opinion on Kanye. Anyway, <laughs> PlayStation has announced the PlayStation Plus games for January 2021. On PlayStation 5, you can get a copy of Man Eater, the game where you play as a man-eating shark. And on PS4, you can get Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is a very, very, very good game, and Greedfall. Those are the two games available to PS Plus subscribers for the month of January, depending on if you're on PS5 or PS4. Anyway, big year this year, right? 2020 was a wild and crazy year. Well, to add to that, 100 billion, billion with a B, 100 billion hours of gaming content... Was watched on YouTube alone, and Minecraft was the leading game in that gaming content. Uh, this is per YouTube. YouTube cultural ugh, can't talk today. YouTube culture and trends uh, released their annual gaming report, and they said it is the equivalent of traveling to Neptune and back 475,000 times. It was the biggest year for gaming on YouTube, Uh, and they said, quote, YouTube gaming has its biggest year ever. In 2020, with 100 billion watch time hours and 40 million active gaming channels, Uh, this is per head of global gaming at YouTube, Ryan Wyatt, Minecraft was the single most watched game with 201 billion views, double the amount of Roblox, and... That's crazy. Uh, Garena Free Fire, Grand Theft Auto 5, and Fortnite were 3rd, 4th, and 5th place. And uh, top 10 creators were FGTV, Jelly, Flamingo, Robin Hood Gamer, It's Funny, Beam, Slogo, Mike Crack, Arab Games Network, and Vegeta777. Um... 80,000 content creators hit 100,000 subscribers, more than 1,000 creators reached the 5 million sub mark, and over 350 creators crossed 10 million, all per YouTube. Uh, He went on to say, uh, We've also seen gaming creators give back in incredible ways this year. The gaming community has always been willing to lend a helping hand when needed. This year many of YouTube's gaming creators and partnership tournaments raised awareness and money for several causes, unquote. Uh, they raised a lot of money for COVID relief and other foundations this year. Uh, he also went on to say, and just last week the game theorists Matt Pat and Stephanie Patrick hosted a 10 hour charity live stream event to benefit St. Jude's Children Research Hospital. They tripled their goal and raised three million with the help from other large creators and gamers like Mark Markiplier. The game Grumps, Mr. Beast, and more—you uh, can read it all on their blog post. But a hundred billion hours on YouTube, which then begs the question: How many fucking hours were watched on Twitch in 2020, or Facebook gaming, or what was left of Mixer? Anyway, a hundred billion hours—a hundred billion hours—holy shit! You know, how many and 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 billions of clicks for Minecraft. Like what is this? All kids watching when they're supposed to be fucking distance learning. Holy shit! I, like I can't even fathom. I cannot wrap my head around this. It is it is nearly unfathomable to me. I I don't understand how it was done. It it's 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 crazy to think about. A hundred billion hours. A hundred billion hours. Let let's see how many that is in years, right? As you hear me type on my keyboard here. 100 billion hours in years. Got to type out hours. Forgot that. That is 11, 525 years worth of, of content. That's insane, dude. 11 million years? Like, think about... Think about that that's almost the equivalent of like 11 million people watching youtube gaming for a year straight right that's i think that's what that is i'm probably wrong i don't i don't math i do not math so don't don't get me to to, to do that right but of all things of all things i did not expect that right that is crazy crazy, crazy, crazy talk. Anyway, let's keep moving on, huh? So, uh, you know, we kind of talked about Xbox earlier, but how about this? So 20 years ago, Xbox was was announced on, on stage at CES, Bill Gates, The Rock, right? History made. But what we didn't know is in the lead up to that, there was a lot of things going on at Microsoft and and uh, struggling over, over a game console and things like that. And there's a new uh, oral history that's on, on Bloomberg, of all places, talking with a lot of the people involved with the launch of the original Xbox, Seamus Blackley, uh, Ed Freeze, um, Oh, God, I can't. I was just reading it myself, and I, I can't remember all the names. But a lot of people. And what came up is Microsoft was ready to buy Square, That fell through. They were ready to buy Midway and didn't because they didn't want to carry over a lot of bloat. They tried buying EA and that failed. And when they went to Nintendo, uh, essentially just mainly, hey, you make the games, we'll make the hardware. Nintendo just laughed them out of the room. (laughs) Like, no surprise there. But ultimately it was the purchase of Bungie that made a lot of weird changes and ultimately helped them in the end. Because I think without Halo, you wouldn't really have Xbox. But it's a really cool article. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, a lot of ins and outs with the, the team behind when they decided to, to make an Xbox. And how Bill and Steve Ballmer agreed. And a lot of good quotes from Steve Ballmer are there as well. And it's, 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 it's a nice little fun thing. And, it, and again, gaming history was made. As, as the launch of the original Xbox will have its 20th anniversary in November... As will Halo have its 20th anniversary when a lot of people think that Halo Infinite will launch on the 20th anniversary of the original release of Halo Combat Evolved. But that is something you guys can check out online. Cool oral history. It's all written, of course. But uh, that's over on Bloomberg, uh, which has been upping their their gaming stuff as of late. Uh, another thing, switching over to, to current Xbox, uh, Phil Spencer was... Uh, being interviewed by Major Nelson, who technically works for Microsoft, um, but yeah, in, in an interview with Major Nelson, Phil Spencer said they are working quote working as hard as we can end quote to get more consoles available as the shortage continues. Uh, he went on to say quote We got the consoles launched and we wished we had more of them. We're selling out too quickly. I get some people saying why didn't you build more? Why didn't you start earlier? Why didn't you ship them earlier? I mean, all of those things, and it really is just down to physics and engineering. We're not holding them back, we're building them as fast as we can. We have all of the assembly lines going, end quote. Uh, he said he also spoke with the head of AMD, um, Lisa Su, and asked, quote, how do we get more, unquote. And they just are trying to fill the needs of, of gamers. It's, it's very hard to get an xbox right now it's very hard to get a playstation 5 right now and yes the demand is probably higher for playstation 5 but you know luckily they're more on par this time than they were in the past and it just it comes down to them being the same price this time of course so we'll see what happens in the long run and speaking of the ps5 uh, sony has announced that they are discontinuing the ps4 pro uh, production will ramp down officially on the PlayStation 4 or or cease by the end of the year. And all but one model of the PlayStation 4 is currently available. So PS4 Pro out, uh, most PS4 models out, and only one available as production will start to cease as they can ramp up more production on PlayStation 5 to try and meet demand. Uh, as we all know, you know, the Xbox One... Had ceased, started ceasing production as well as the Xbox One X uh, last year. That's what's going on there. Uh, Nintendo has announced that they are going to be acquiring Next Level Games. Those were the makers of Mario's or Mario Luigi's Mansion 3. So look to see more games from them in the future on Nintendo platforms only. Um, sticking with Nintendo here, Netflix on the Wii U and 3S, uh, 3DS, which The fact that Netflix is on the 3DS is amazing to me to begin with. Who would watch it on? Anyway, uh, winding down. Support for Netflix on the Nintendo Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS is winding down. Uh, Still no word on a Switch app yet. It's 2020 and there's no Netflix app on the Switch. And I'm just wondering what the hell is going on over there. Uh, and final bit of gaming news, uh, Outriders, the new, uh, uh, the next, you know, games as a service game that Square Enix and, and Toys Can Fly or whatever that studio is called, um, has been delayed to April 1st, uh, but a, a new demo will release next month that will have seamless transition, so whatever you play and complete in the demo, uh, will be finished in the main game, which is something you don't see every day, but, uh, it will be delayed till April, and it makes sense given uh, the last games as a service game that Square launched <coughs> Marvel's Avengers, which uh, wasn't very good and uh, needed probably some more polish. So, and after what happened with Cyberpunk, probably best for games to get some more polish before they come out. It's already been delayed from last year, but let's uh, let's just keep delaying games, folks. Let's just make sure we don't have a Cyberpunk issue ever again, huh? Let's just let's just. Shoot for that, okay? All right, moving on. Well, you know, Netflix doesn't normally release their streaming numbers. It's not something that they do. But other companies can pick up the slack for us. And this is per their daily rankings. So technically not really, you know, official numbers. But based on how many times they were ranked in their top 10. Between February 27th and December 9th last year. Number 1 was The Office, which made the list 178 times. Coco Melon, 104 times. Ozark, 57. Schitt's Creek, 55. Avatar The Last Airbender, 54. Tiger King, 50. Interesting there, considering it consumed everyone in March. The Queen's Gambit, 47 times. Look at that top. It's, it's made it into the top 10, and it hasn't even been out that long. Outer Banks, 45. Unsolved Mysteries forty three and the Umbrella Academy, with forty three list appearances, that is in the U.S. and everything like that. Um, this is though if we wanted to go off of how many times it what like was appeared at number one, um, and they were able to do it by points. Uh, Coco Melon was number one. The Office, The Queen's Gambit, Tiger King, Ozark, Outer Banks, Umbrella Academy, Unsolved Mysteries, Cobra Kai, and Love is Blind. So you can see it's a little bit of a different list, and the rankings are a little twisted. But Netflix originals make up more than half of that, so that's a good sign for them that they're getting somewhat of a return on their investment. So that's good, but that's it on Netflix. You guys big Doctor Who fans in the house? Raise your hand. Raise your hand, anybody? anybody? Anyway, well, Jodie Whittaker, the, the, the first female Doctor Who, has been, what, about three seasons now, I, I think? Uh, she's the 13th Doctor. Well, rumors are now flying that she will be stepping down at the uh, end of filming her current season. Um, the BBC has yet to confirm this, but... It looks like Jodie Whittaker may be out as Doctor Who. No word yet on a replacement. And uh, this is per the mirror. There you are, a tabloid. So it's really hard. But oh, it's the 13th season. Sorry. I don't know which doctor she is. But she's the. Oh, the, the, oh she's the 13th doctor, too. So no word yet, though. No official word. But that is word on the street in the UK, Jodie Whittaker is done as Doctor Who. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was recently interviewed and uh, essentially said that she talks to Patrick Stewart a lot about Star Trek. Uh, She hasn't watched Discovery, but she is hoping to be in front of the camera uh, later this year in hopes to be in Picard Season 2 as a return to her role as Guinan. Gaiden was the role she uh, pretty much played for years on Star Trek The Next Generation, and of course in uh, Star Trek Generations, the film, uh, considering her people played a part in in the film with, with Soren and the Nexus and everything like that. But she hopes to hopefully be in front of the camera this year for Picard Season 2. Uh, following that up, Jerry Ryan was actually being uh, asked on Twitter about it, and she said they start filming February 1st. So we'll see if they actually start filming next month uh, for Picard Season 2. And then going back to uh, some DC TV news, uh, James Gunn was asked if... Or someone said, there was a leak somewhere that said Peacemaker, his new show with John Cena that's based off his Suicide Squad movie. It it said it would be simulcast on on the CW because it's also on HBO Max. And he responded, no, because it would only be 40 seconds long. Indicating we are going to probably be getting a TVMA, R-rated TV show uh, of The Peacemaker. And I'll I'll say why that's more of a possibility in in just a minute here. Uh, But that's it for TV news. Not a whole lot going on, surprisingly. Uh, And, you know, it's January, pandemic, filming's not really going on. But let us go and see what is going on in the movie world. And it is mostly DC movie news today, which is not a phrase you hear me say a lot. After the premiere of Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max on Christmas Day, it was recently announced, I don't remember if I talked about this last week or not, but Wonder Woman 3 is official, and it will see the return of Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins. Uh, No release date was set, obviously, as we know that Patty Jenkins will also be directing and writing the Rogue Squadron movie for Lucasfilm and Disney in the future, and maybe even possibly a return of Cheetah, who knows? Um, minor spoilers, but if you watched 1984, you know what I'm talking about. Luckily, DC, as of late, have not really been killing off their villains in their movies, Some something that Marvel has tended to do in the past. Speaking of the Su- Suicide Squad just a few minutes ago, someone asked James Gunn what it would be rated on Twitter, and he did confirm... The Suicide Squad will be rated R. It will be rated R, which now shows that several DC movies have been rated R. More so than any Marvel movie. I mean, the only really rated R Marvel movies we had were Deadpool. And technically those weren't even, like, Marvel Studios films. Those were Fox films. And I think, wasn't Birds of Prey rated R, if I remember correctly? I don't remember. But one of them was. And I think it was rated R. Let's look. So yes, Birds of Prey was rated R. Joker was technically rated R. And now The Suicide Squad is going to be rated R. Which, I hope this opens the door to more rated R superhero movies. And granted, I get it. It, it turns off their principal audience. You know, children and teenagers. But sometimes, sometimes, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm all for a Suicide Squad movie being rated R because you know violence is is their game, right? It's their game, and we also got word about the future of some DC movies. And uh, Walter Hamada, who is the head of DC Films, DC Films president, was being interviewed by the New York Times. And he said, quote, the most expensive DC movies are designed for release in theaters. Um, Additional superhero films. He wants to have two as the goal, essentially. That's, I'm adding. He said, quote, will arrive exclusively on HBO Max. Um, He also said, quote, with every movie that we're looking at now, we are thinking, what's the potential Max spinoff? Unquote. Oh, fuck you, Hamada. Anyway... Uh, He said that riskier characters will move, essentially, over to HBO Max. So the Batgirl film and the Static Shock film probably won't release in theaters and will probably go straight to HBO Max. And speaking of Walter Hamada, Ray Fisher has recently announced, so Ray Fisher played Cyborg in, in the Justice League films, says he will no longer work with Walter Hamada. And uh, per Variety, he just recently Hamada just recently renewed his deal with DC. He'll be president of the studio through 2023. And Ray Fisher essentially said that he will never participate in any productions associated with DC films as long as Hamada is in charge. Uh, per Variety, and this is after their Warner Media investigation is just was. Everything that could go wrong went wrong with this, and they threw Fisher under the bus. Then they performed a new investigation. Then Gal Gadot came out and said that Joss Whedon was bad to her too. And he said, "quote This is from Ray Fisher." quote Walter Hamada is the most dangerous kind of enabler. His lies and WB's PR's failed September fourth hit piece sought to undermine the very real issue. Issues of the Justice League investigation. I will not participate in any production associated with him. Um, And this goes back to... An article that came out saying Fisher was lying and making things up. And... And he just... He said... He will never work on a DC film again. Which then news came out today... That... Possibly... His role will be written out of the Flash movie because the Flash movie was supposed to be a team up between uh, Cyborg and the Flash and unfortunately with him not wanting to work with Hamada he won't be in any films anymore but it looks like he'll be written out he won't be recast Uh, this has been confirmed by multiple sources on multiple outlets. And it, it it just, unfortunately, is the culmination between a lot of things, and it sucks that he won't be in the Flash, because I, I just wanted to see more of him, he was a very good cyborg in my opinion, and they had spoken about him coming back, and I guess it just, it didn't flesh it out, and it's unfortunate that it had to get to this point, but... Uh, it just sucks, really, that we won't get to see more Cyborg. I would prefer that they didn't recast the role, because that's just would look really bad in light of everything that's going on. But it just it is unfortunate, and, you know, I don't know what to say. And don't get me wrong, Joss Whedon has created a lot of things that people love. But more and more continues to come out over the last few years about how he is uh, just... Not a nice person. He is not a great person to work with. He does not treat people nicely. And it uh, allows for a hostile workplace. And it looks like Jeff John. Someone who I used to have a lot of respect for. Because of the work he's done at DC Comics. Looks like he's an asshole too. And it's just... Too many people are assholes in Hollywood. No surprise there though. Really, right? are, Are we surprised? No. No, we're not. But... (laughs) <laughs> uh following up with that, our final DC news here. Uh, Zack Snyder came out today and said he has no plans to make any further DC movies after the release of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I guess he was speaking with Comic Book Debate um, and Collider. And he commented on it and he said, quote, look, I never thought I'd be here doing this. I didn't think I'd be finishing Justice League. The truth is, and it's been widely reported and I have no issue, this is an old movie. This is a years old movie I'm working on. The DC Universe has gone and branched off and done its own thing and that's fine. As far as what I did and as far as what my vision for what I wanted to do with these characters and the journey I wanted them to go on, it's well known that I had planned on more movies, five movies or something. But I'm busy. I've got a lot going on. Is it cool that the fans have so much faith in the trajectory? Yes, it's amazing. And I couldn't be happier. And I'm excited for them to see Justice League so they can really drink the entire elixir of Justice League. But would I continue? I have no plan to. But like I said, I didn't think I'd be here. So who knows? Unquote. And this kind of goes back, I guess, like a week or two ago, it came out that DC execs or HBO Max execs don't see any future with, with Snyder and his vision and. A little frustrating to me, personally, because I, I really like the Snyder films. I like Man of Steel. It's really the only Superman movie I really like. I very much enjoy Batman vs. Superman. I do like the Justice League movie. It, I can't wait for the Snyder cut, though. And just... I wanted to see where he was going to take things. Mainly because he's a big Dark Side guy, and I love Darkseid as a villain. Much better than Thanos, but... Unfortunate, no more Zack Snyder after this, which will make a lot of people happy, but personal opinion, right? Anyway, uh, it's been pretty much confirmed at this point now that Michael B. Jordan will be directing Creed 3. Tessa Thompson talked about it, and more and more outlets are starting to to confirm that he will direct and star in Creed 3. No word on if Stallone will be back. Um... Sacha Baron Cohen also said that there will not be another Borat movie. Like, he has no plans to make more Borat. He was being interviewed by Variety, and he said, I brought Borat out because of Trump. There was a purpose to this movie, and I don't really see the purpose to doing it again. So yeah, he's locked away in the cupboard. (laughs) End quote. Yep, that's... uh, That makes sense. And he also said a lot of things... He didn't want to make uh, undercover movies again. He even he said, "quote that he had vowed to never make another undercover movie after making Bruno in 2009." Uh, he said, "quote After Bruno, I was fairly traumatized for about six months afterwards. Whenever I heard a police siren, I would start to get tense because I'd been chased by the police so much. I vowed never to make another undercover movie again." Unquote. And you know, he ended up making Borat too. He said, "I felt democracy was in peril. I felt people's lives were in peril, and I felt compelled to finish the movie. The movie was originally about the danger of Trump and Trumpism. What coronavirus demonstrated that was that there's a lethal effect to his spreading of lies and conspiracy theories." Unquote. And it's interesting. I need to. I just need to watch that movie. I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. I had plenty of time, but. Uh, Don't expect another Borat movie anytime soon. If Sacha Baron Cohen keeps making movies, it will not be his undercover mockumentary-style film. But with that, we come to the end of Nickster News today. Yes, not too long of an episode, but hey, it's the beginning of the year, not a whole lot's going on. Uh, We do have CES to talk about next week. CES kicks off this week, Consumer Electronics Show, so a lot of new stuff will hopefully get announced, even with, with social distancing and no real convention floor to speak of. Um, some other things will start popping up soon. More movies will start coming out again. Hopefully soon as well. Next week we will talk about what I hope and expect from the year. I just I wanted to wait a bit as we got some more news on, on things. And, and how everything was going to plan out. I want to see if there were going to be any more delays or anything like that. But that's it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Thank you guys for sticking around. I am your host Nick. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can find our show right there and listen in your browser if you want. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts pages while you're there. Also check out our social media tab where you can see our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages where we post a lot of fun memes and and funny things like that. So don't don't be a stranger. Come check out everything going on at nixnerdnews.com. Again, I'm your host, Nick. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. And I will catch you guys on the flip side.